Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Person, and then we get into today's teaching. Sorry? Okay. Because Go. he loves God. Okay. And because he wants people to get blessed, I want the local church to be Yeah, so that's important because we love God. Our response to God, to the love of God, uh, would mean that we are willing to give. Amen. All right, let's get into today's word. Praise God. All right, let's let's pray. Uh, let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive, and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right, so uh, we've been having this discussion around the subject of kingdom finances and particularly around the subject of giving. And I want to look at, in two parts, why people do not receive their financial harvest or the increase that they should when they give. I, I know that Many times people have questions when it comes to giving. It says, but we are giving. Where is the harvest? And so it's very important for us to study this very carefully. And I really want you to pay attention because I believe that by the help of the Holy Spirit, I will provide some missing links that you need to uh, consider in your life where increase is concerned. Uh, I'd also uh, um, recommend that you get the book, Prosperity and Increase the Missing Link. Read it again, study it again, find all of those loopholes that we need to plug in our lives. The first thing I'd like to talk about is, let's go to John chapter 12, verse 8 first, and I'll show you something. From there, a pastor also mentioned this when she was reading. John chapter 12, uh, let's read very quickly. We're going to read a couple of verses, so I want you to follow. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was seven, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume, so to understand this, of pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples who was intending to betray him, said, verse 5, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? And uh, sometimes you, you, you might find people who act like they are fighting for the poor, but actually they got ulterior motives. You know, there are people who feel uh, maybe a minister of the gospel doesn't deserve certain things, or some people don't deserve certain things, alright? 
When you read this scripture, you would realize that it, it seems like Judas was fighting for the poor. And uh, we see that all the time. People try to say, why don't you look after the poor? Why don't you do this for the poor? And if you find out in their own life, they are not doing anything. Right? Someone say, oh, if I have, I will do. And I ask you a very simple question. Did you eat last month? Say yes. How many times did you eat? Some people twice, some people three times. Well, do you know there are people who went to bed last month without eating any food? Say yes. So why didn't you give them one from what you ate? Everybody seated here tonight is in a position to give. I know you didn't hear that, so I'll repeat it again. I said everybody seated here tonight is in a position to give. How many of us have two clothes? Two. Raise your hand. All right. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, I expect to see you wearing the same thing on Sunday. How many of you have two shoes? How many, how many of you know that if you have two, that's okay to give one? I'm just trying to tell you that you are not as poor as you think. So don't be angry how other people use their resources. It's not your money. If I choose to help my, to use my money for the poor, that's my choice. If I don't choose to, that's my choice. You choose what you do with your money and stop trying to control others about how you feel they should use their money. How many of you know we need to stop controlling other people about how they should use their resources? Including your uncle. Alright. Then he says, now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. Disciple of Jesus. And as he had the money box, he used to pay for what was put into it. It's amazing that this guy walked with Jesus and was so confident stealing from Jesus. It's amazing. You know, some people feel, if I had just served Jesus, it's not like pastors of today. This guy was stealing from Jesus. And it's amazing Jesus never you know, spoke to him about it. Do you realize Jesus never corrected Judas about stealing? That's subject for another day. Therefore Jesus said, let her alone, so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. Jesus says, for you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. I just want to clarify this, right? You cannot eradicate poverty from the world. Scripture tells us that you would always have the poor with you. What that means, it's no matter how you try to get some people to be wealthy, financially, they wouldn't. Because it's not just one factor that makes a man wealthy. Are, are you following this? So you must understand, very importantly, you must understand that uh, if you have poor tendencies within you, no amount of help will be able to make you wealthy. You know, sometimes people say, well, the way this country is going, let them just bring all the money. Just count all of them. I say they have our bank account. Say yes. Let them just divide all the money. You'll be amazed <laughs> that if they divide all the money this country has to every one of us and we have one million each, everybody has one million each. I'm sure they'll still have some excess. If you give everybody another two, three years, some people would have gone back again. So say that money you people divided last time, is that all the money that is in the post? Because you know, for some people, immediately they get the money straight. Say, finally, 
When they go out and come back, 500,000 have gone. First, says who is alive that will enjoy money and then that's it. So, understand that reality. Now, it's important that you are not among those that Jesus said would always be around. If there are scriptures you should not fulfill, John 12, 8 is one. When he says, you will always, that's constant, it's consistent, have the poor with you. Endeavor that you are not one of those who Jesus said would always be. And every child of God has the provision by the blood of Jesus and by the covenant to walk in increase. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to be a millionaire. I'm not saying everybody's going to be a billionaire. But I believe that everybody can be richly supplied to a level of convenience if they will act on the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? All right. So why do people not receive their financial harvest when they do all the giving? First of all, why do we say harvest? You know, someone asked me, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. Someone asked me the other time about why do we say money? Why do we say harvest? Why can't we just say, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. I'd like to use the amplified version, please, media guys, if you can. Now the Bible says, now he who supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, it's important to, to know that Paul uses seed for money. Uses seed to typify money because 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9 are talking about finances. I've done a verse by verse teaching on 2 Corinthians chapter 8 before. It is, they are financial scriptures. Paul was dealing about money. It says, and God who provides seed for the soul and bread for eating will also provide and multiply. Look at those words in brackets in the Amplified. Resources. Resources for sowing. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now, when he says the fruit of your righteousness, sometimes people say, well, when you give... Uh, I, 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 I read someone writing something about that. That when you give, the harvest of your giving is the joy you feel when you give. That's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture says that God will multiply your resources for sowing. And it says he will increase the fruit of your righteousness. Now, what is the fruit of your righteousness in this scripture? It's very important you pay attention to that. The Amplified says, which manifests, that's the fruit now, the harvest, itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. So when we say the fruits of your righteousness are manifested, we're talking about the fact that the righteous nature in you, by, new, by your new birth, manifests itself in active kindness, goodness, and charity. And of course, if you're going to be involved in charity, you're going to give resources. Are we together? All right. If you read the New American Standard Version, it explains something. Go to chapter chapter 10, NASB again, you will see a semicolon there and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, there's a semicolon there. So, it explains what this harvest of your righteousness is. And the reason I'm taking my time to explain this is because we've got teachings going on that, that, that dampens the faith of the believer in actively believing God for resources because we are trying to correct an extreme where people give all the time because they want God to multiply their, their, their money. Now, what happens is, we move from one extreme to the other extreme. 
And so people are not putting their faith out there to believe that God can multiply and God can bless their resources. So, so that's why I'm trying to lay this foundation. Now you see a semicolon there. It says, the harvest of your righteousness. Go to verse 11 and explains it. It says, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality. What's everything for liberality? Liberality or charity. What would you have to become liberal? Resources. Which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. How many of you know when you give something to someone, they are thanking both you and God? You guys are very quiet. Alright? How many of you know when you give to God? Uh, sorry, when you give to individuals, they thank God. Right? So it's, it's a liberality that produces that thanksgiving to God. That's why when they uh, brought, and I'll talk about that in the course of this uh, month when I'm, when I'm teaching on finances. When they brought the offerings to Paul, he says, your sweet smelling server to God, you know, and then he begins to thank them, begins to multiply, uh, begins to pray that their resources will multiply, that God will supply their needs. That prayer, it's a prayer of harvest. Because he received money from them. He received resources from them. And he says, I pray that God would supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. That's, a, that's, that's a, a harvest prayer. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Alright, so we understand that God wants to increase us. And, and, and Paul uses the word harvest. So we say harvest. Why should we expect a harvest? Number one, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Why should we expect a harvest when we give? Malachi 3 10. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. Malachi 3 chapter, uh, chapter 3 verse 10. Is it the fuel increase that is making you people... What's happening? <laughs> you are extremely quiet. Is it the... Increase in the price of where? <laughs> uh, I said Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Alright? So he says the whole. Because there are some of us that divide it for the Lord. says, God, hold this one first. Next month, I rebalance it. <laughs> Bring the whole tide into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Now, the word says, and test me now in this. Test me now in this. The King James Version says, prove me. God, cha- listen, God, cha- and I want you to take out whatever you've learned about finances and just follow the word as we teach it. God challenges you to prove him when you give. It says, prove me now, if I will not open the windows of heaven. Prove me. Test me, the Lord says. Hallelujah. So he invites us to this world of generosity and trust in him for abundance and for increase. So why should we expect a harvest? Because the Lord says we can actually prove him. We can trust him. When we give our tithes, when we give our increase, when we give our seeds. God invites us to prove him. And I believe probably Pastor shared a couple of testimonies with you guys. But that's how we've lived our life. Just proving the Lord and trusting Him. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Number two, why should we expect a harvest? Because God promises that if we give, He will make all grace abound towards us. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And I want you to write these scriptures down. And go back home, take time to meditate on them. They would help your mind. They would help renew your mind where increase is concerned. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. You know, because many people do, did not have the understanding of giving and how it should be properly done, people feel they were cheated. People feel they were, um, I don't know how to put it, but they were deceived. or they were. It's because people don't have understanding of it. When you have an understanding of something, you know why you're doing it, you know what to expect, and you know how the Lord works. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, the Bible says, uh, Now he will supply seed to the 9, 8, 9, 8. And God is able, okay, after giving. Verse 6, let's start reading from verse 6, please. Now, these I say, he will sow sparingly, will also reap sparingly. And he will sow bountifully, will also reap bountifully. Each one must do, each one, each one, that's everybody getting involved, must do just as he has proposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion. You know, like Pastor was saying that day, say, oh, who is here to give us 1,000? Who is here to give us? Not under compulsion. For God loves a share for giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So, you're, so that you're always having all sufficiency in everything. Amplified version. Give me the amplified version. You may have an abundance for every good deed. So God wants us to have an abundance for good things. It says, and God is able to make all, you know, the first time I read, you know, there was a time I saved some money, maybe about 500 or 600 now, way back to buy that small amplified version. The first time I read this verse in the amplified version, I thought like, this could not happen. That it was too good to be true. Look at what the scripture says. And God is able to make all grace. He defines it. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support. And furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. What are you going to give in charitable, charitable donation? You're going to give resources. And this is where God wants to bring us. How many of you reading this look like your life is so far from this? Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, don't believe that scripture. I need aid and support. <laughs> Interesting scripture. Spend your time meditating on this. And how is God going to cause this to happen? Grace. Grace is going to come. So we can expect harvest because this is the outworking of the grace of God in our lives. Now it's also important for you to understand because you can also miss out of the blessing of God because you're trying to, in quotes, feel like you are here when your faith has not gotten to this place. So you must learn that in your journey towards increase. You take it step by step. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, I remember, I, I don't know where I was now, but I was teaching about, I think it was in Kenya. I was teaching about increase and I was talking about how to trust God and put faith. So a, a guy came to me and he said, Pastor, this your message blessed me. You know, after the meeting, he said, this message blessed me so much. I really, I'm really trusting God. My rent had expired. You know, the landlord is about to throw me out. I was thinking of asking my uncle and he would have helped me. But after hearing this, your message, I really want to believe God. I said, ask him. <laughs> he said, are you serious? I said, ask him. Because before this, your faith will produce. 
you'll be under the bridge. It's not hearing message today. You want to now believe today. And they're already threatening to throw you out. Ask him for this one. Pay it. Then while you are inside the house, you now start walking on your faith. You see, that foolishness that I'm believing God, I'm believing, you will die. Again, that's not to say, eh, you know, pastor has said it. Please help me now. My faith will start working next year. You, you need to, you, but do you understand what I'm saying? Don't try to just jump start. You know, people, people just, I don't know, but people just, you just hear that. Well, I remember one time, uh, my late mentor, Reverend Tony Atier, was teaching us in a pastor's conference, and he said somebody gave him 600,000. I mean, that money looked big in those days, looked so big. Then he now said, this person that gave me this money, I've been pastoring this person for 23 years. Uh-huh. See that while you shouted. That's, that's how. So the person has been with. So that 23 years is what culminated in that 600,000. So we, we couldn't just jump out from that meeting now believing God for 600,000. Because we haven't even started pastoring anybody. That means in our harvest account was minus one. You've got to understand that these things. And, and I really want you to hear our heart when we teach you on finances in this church. We're not teaching you magic. We're teaching you acting on the word of God and you will experience increase. You know where your life is going to end up. You know I might not be there right now, but I'll be able to do this in the days to come. Are you following this now? Come on somebody, are you following this now? Alright, why should we expect a harvest? Because the Lord says if we give to the poor, we're loaning to him. Proverbs 9.17 <laughs> Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 17 don't let anybody move you out of your understanding of finances. It's very important. We've got, we've got teachings going out, out there where people are saying, you know, God does not bless financially. If you want money, it's just your hard work. You've got to, you've got to just be careful. Because I realize everybody now is a teacher. Everybody is teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody is teaching. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. It says, One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. 19, 17. If you're gracious to the, to the poor man, you lend to the Lord. Now, let me explain something to you. You would find out, and that's very important, you find out in the scriptures, there is nowhere where God talks down on the poor man. It's very important. Alright, so we, we're not, so it doesn't refer to the poor man and refers to that man as if that man is not carrying the image of God. This is just a description of economic realities. But the word of God, the teaching of scriptures, materials all over, everybody can start their journey from here and walk into financial resources. Right? One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord. And look at that. The Bible says, and he will repay him for his good deed. God says he will repay. God says he will repay. That's why when you help the poor, you don't need to make a public show of it. God knows how to repay you. Except you're just looking for Facebook likes, social media likes. God knows. So, three reasons I've given you why we should expect a harvest when we give and when we sow. First of all, what's the first one? God says we should prove him, right? We should test him, Malachi 3.10. The second one, God promises us that if we sow, he will make all grace abound to us. Amen? Are you here? Okay. 
Number three, we say when we give, the Lord, we're lending to the Lord and the Lord promises to repay. Hallelujah. Now, these are scriptures you can build your faith on as you give. As you give. Now, I want to show you three things. Very important. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4 verse 29. Now, the context of this was talking about the word of God, but I want to show you something from it. Mark 4 29. Mark 4 29. So, the, the other subheading would be, we must know how to harvest and harvest must be deliberate. Uh, it was talking about the seed. Uh, Mark 4. Let's start reading from verse... Mark chapter 4, maybe verse 26. Let's see. Yeah. So we're talking about the kingdom of God, but I want to show you something. Verse 26, and he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. He goes to bed at night and gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows. How he himself does not know. Now this is where I want to go. It says the soil produces crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits or when the crop is ripe, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, the reason I read this scripture, this is talking about the, the kingdom of God, but the reason I read this scripture is to understand that there is harvest. You've got to actively harvest. You can't just give your money and you're not active about harvest. You're not active about declaring the word of God where your harvest is concerned. Right? So, there is a process of harvesting. Joel 3.13 it says, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Joel chapter 3 verse 13. You can write these scriptures down. Joel 3 13. It says, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. So if the, if the harvest is ripe, put in the sickle. You know, I say this all the time and I give God something to work with. Have confessions where your finances is concerned. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Put in the sickle. Be active about it. And, and we're going to show you various sickles you can put out. So you've got to be active about harvest. You, you're not just going to lie down and expect harvest to come. Proverbs 10, 5. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 5. We must know about harvest and that harvest is deliberate. He says, he who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely. So, wisdom means that we are gathering in summer. But look at this. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. So, it's possible for a man to sleep in harvest. Sleep there would mean inactivity. Right? Am I right? Sleep would mean inactivity, right? Sleep would mean someone who is unconscious. Yeah. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you sleep and you are unconscious? How many of you sleep in a particular... place in the room and then you wake up in the morning? You know that where you ended wasn't where you started. Right? That's unconscious. <laughs> unconscious. Us start to sleep like this, you know you slept straight. You know when you were going to sleep, the fan was this way. But when you woke up, you realize that the fan is it's not the fan that moved. You're unconscious. <laughs> Where is God? 
You know, I don't know, but you know, in those days, they used to say sometimes thieves used to come to the house, they would put jars, people would sleep, they would steal. I, I just think some people sleep like they are dead. So, so, you, so that means when there's harvest, you can't be inactive. You can't just throw your seed, give your seed, plant your seed, and you're inactive. You're, you're unconscious. Alright, so let's deal with this because I've got 12 reasons why we don't receive our harvest. We're going to do 5 today or 4 and then we continue. So why we do not receive our harvest. These are some of the things why we do not receive our harvest. Number one, we give out of obligation and a sense of duty, not faith. We give out of obligation and a sense of duty. Not faith. Oh, they said we should tithe. Oh, they said we should give. We give out of a sense of obligation. You see, the Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. He loves the one who doesn't give reluctantly. Or who is coerced into giving. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 23, the Bible says, Whatever is not from faith is sin. If you're not doing it in faith, it is sin. Can I have the Amplified version? Because there's something I want to bring out from the Amplified. Thank you. It says, look at this. It says, but it was actually, Romans chapter 14 was talking about food given to idols and the rest. But it says, but the man who has doubts, misgivings, and uneasy conscience about eating and then eats, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God. It says, because he's not true to his own convictions. Pay attention to that. And he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. And the Amplified Version brackets it, whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. If you give without knowing that this is what God wants me to do, you haven't given. You've got to give because you're convinced about it. You know, many people just give because they... And and let me tell you, even in giving to people, you have to come to the place where you're not just giving to people because they are on your neck. Because you're just throwing your seed away. You know, some people can ask you until they are like that woman in the scripture who says they fear neither God... The judge fears neither God nor man. But the the woman harassed this judge until the judge said, okay, what do you want? There are some people like that. Don't think that sometimes when people ask, they will go to a place of, uh, they will not ask again. Some people don't, don't listen to that. In fact, the proof that they are growing in asking is the persistency. They will call you and 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 you block that number. Then they register another one. Say, let's see who will be tired. God has blessed you for us. And, and, and you need to come to the place. You know, <laughs> many years ago, I nearly gave myself poor. Because you're, ah, oh, ah, telling me. People have wonderful stories, beautiful ones. They, they are telling you the story, you'll be crying for them. They are not crying. They say, ah, don't worry, don't worry, I'm not even finished. It's just the small part I'm telling you. You say, don't, don't finish, and your money is gone. And tomorrow they'll bring another one. So one guy said, givers never lack. I said, so why are you not the giver? Because if givers never lack, and I gave you last year, you should, from what I have given you, become a giver so that you will never lack. (laughs) Whatever is not done out of faith. So don't give out of obligation. You've got to be 
led by the Spirit of God, you've got to have your giving. And that's why, uh, like Pastor said, in this ministry, we ensure that people are not under pressure to give. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Say amen if you are here. Say on Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7 quickly. Why do we not receive our harvest? We give out of obligation. The Bible says, each one of you must do as you have proposed in your heart. And we should let people know, if people say I have not proposed this in our heart, let's be comfortable with it. Let's not feel people are wicked. For each one must do just as he has proposed in his heart. Not grudgingly. So when he says not grudgingly, God is not expecting you to give grudgingly. And many times we can give grudgingly. See, God is not expecting you to give to people so they will leave your neck. That's wasted seed. Are you here? Hey, let me just give this person so he will not disappear. No, no, no. Someone say, okay, so what do we do in that case? Then propose it in your heart. <laughs> Instead of doing it grudgingly, just propose. Okay, well, I'm just going to bless this guy. I'm just going to bless this guy. Why? You know, the people that cheated me financially... And I'm getting angry, praying, getting angry. Then I change it to a seed. I'll just propose. I say, Father, I know this person has cheated me. I'm not happy about it. Less for only me. I'll pray that you kill him. But I'm born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Father, I sow that seed into their lives. And I ask that it becomes a harvest for me. And I propose in my heart to give it. Alright? So you can propose in your heart. What does it mean propose in your heart? You just decide, I'm going to release this. It's going to be of a blessing to you. I know this, but I just want to bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, or under compulsion. So don't, don't go to any place and you're forced to give. Right? Forced to give. Shouldn't give under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. If you read the Amplified Version, the Scripture says God is not willing to do without a cheerful giver. Can we read it? Look at this. He, he, um, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do with giver. Listen to the next line. Whose heart is in his giving. So the one reason that we don't receive harvest is our heart is not in our giving. And, and, and you know, you see that all the time. Offering time, blessing time. Then you're looking for change. Ah, where is this money? And if you bring out uh, you know, the usher is standing close. You're not bringing I'm about to commit a mistake that I might not recover from. He says, just don't, don't, don't rush me. He says, give to other people, I'm coming. And then you now bring the 50 naira. Your, your heart is not there. Your heart is not there. We've been raised to feel that offering is just the change, the crumbs. We think that's what our God deserves. We should stop praying those prayers. Father, out of everything you have given us, we have brought this little thing. Why are you bringing little things? Why? How many of you realize that if we, well, not for everyone, but how many of you realize that if we are to say, let's give 5,000 now as offering? You know, if you give 5,000 as offering, you know heaven we hear. As you are going, people will be talking to you in the bus. Say, don't talk to me, I'm praying. Say, <laughs> so what are you praying about? You are reminding God, Father, that 5,000. Three new Naira notes and one old note and two, two hundred. Some of you will even write the number down. Hold on, hold on. One, two, three, and you have it. And you are harassing God with it. Father, don't forget. <laughs> but I mean, you know when you go out with your friends, 
Hmm? Those of you that have girlfriends that you don't want to marry in the next 10 years. Hmm? So I just want to take you out. How much is juice? They throw and say, take one, take one, take one, take one, take one. Five, five has gone. Say, is that all? Are you okay? Are you satisfied? <laughs> My destiny is to make you happy. Are you happy? <laughs> 10,000 has gone. Say, it's nothing. Just be praying that God should bless us. Once God bless us, you will eat. And you get 5,000 and heaven has been on hostage since. Angels cannot move about. Once, once angels start moving, say, where are you going? Are you bringing my harvest? And angels are like, God, answer this. All right. So, faith, faith. Put your heart in your giving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why we teach you in this local church, you can make your offerings monthly. Pray over them. Father, this is what I want to give monthly. And as you receive your sign, you see, let's not make this thing like we're tipping God. No. Put your heart in it. And when I, when I teach further in this series, I'll tell you that God is conscious of offerings. In fact, in the book of Malachi, he told them, he says, the, the, the animals you are bringing to me. <laughs> oh God, those guys, they dealt with God. Oh, the Jews, ah, I'm telling you. Guys, they almost frustrated God. He says, the animals you are bringing to me, he says, take it to your governor if he will accept it. The animals they were bringing to God were blind. Have you seen a blind goat? You know, somebody's bringing the goat and the goat is walking this way. I wonder why he's walking this way. He's not a seal. <laughs> the goat is blind. Say the goat cannot see. He said, High priest, he said, Bring your goat here. He said, High priest, the goat can't see you. <laughs> I mean, this guy's held goats. And they're calling the goat, scum, scum, say he's not here. <laughs> the goat cannot hear. And God was annoyed. He says, take this to your governors if they will accept it. The animals they brought were blind, deaf. They were going to the temple. The, the, the father would ask, he said, where are the goats? He said, which one? His leg is broken. He says, that one. He said, bring it. How can a man consciously give to God what is blind? It is value of God. It is value of God. That's why when we talk about offering, he, oh, the, he, his pastor, his pastors that want to be rich, what is your problem? What is your problem? How many pastors are rich? You saw one on private jet. That is every pastor. How many pastors are wearing good clothes that you know? Hallelujah. <laughs> are you still here? What is not done out of faith? Your heart. Look at it. Whose heart is in what? He's giving. You know when you're giving to someone you like, you take your time. You select something you know the person would like. That's how we should give to God. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? Alright, so one of the reasons is we don't give out of faith. Alright? So people give with a sense of loss. So we have two extremes. There are people who give with a sense of loss. Immediately they drop the money in the offering basket. They are just following it. Hey, hey it has gone. <laughs> they are almost, they almost will be waving bye-bye to the offering basket. See you, you are gone. They give with a sense of loss. So every time they give, they feel something has left them. Then there are the, there's the other extreme where it is gamble for them. 
It is like they are playing gamble. You know, I give, and then God has to give me this. Both extremes are not correct. You've got to give in faith. When you give, you must learn to say, you must learn to know that when you give, you're, 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 you're directly impacting your life. It's not a sense of loss. It's just like I explained with a young man who takes a girl out. I mean, the money has left your pocket, but you know that it's not a sense of loss. You know that it's not a sense of loss. That's an investment. That's a seed. That's, that's, <laughs> that is increasing your chances of getting a yes. So it's not loss. It's investment in your yes quotient. And I'm sorry, sometimes they tell you, are you spending money for it? I say, no, say, spend money, oh, spend. If not, they'll tell you no, okay? So you start investing. Start sowing seeds. <laughs> Number two, why do people don't get their harvest? They expect financial harvest without creating a system of receiving it. They expect a financial harvest without creating a system of receiving it. Now, let me, let me say this to you. And I think that this is where we haven't really gotten the balance right but sometimes in our charismatic circle. Well, let me explain and then I'll explain this to you. If you go to 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 17, 2 Kings 3, 17, they, they were trusting God for rain. 2 Kings 3, 17, they were trusting God for rain. And God says, verse 16 says, He said, thus says the Lord, make, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 16, He says, make this valley full of trenches. For thus says the Lord, He says, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the va- that valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. Now, understand this. God says you're not going to see physical rain. But he says, make the valley full of trenches. Create a place for the rain to come in. Pay very close attention here. Don't miss this. Because I think it's one of the biggest areas why charismatic don't get harvest for their finances. There is no system to receive. Now, let me explain this to you. Let me say this very quickly. Most times, and pay attention here, most times you will hear us, pastors, come and say, this person gave me this amount of money. This person sold this amount of seed into my life. And they're not lying. That, it's true. I mean, that's, I mean, people bless us financially. But that's not how it ought to work for you. Because when the, the, the Levites were going uh, into the land of Israel, God chose the Levitical priesthood. And he says, they should not have any land among the children of Israel. God says, I'm their portion. Paul says, as we'll explain further, he says, those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. So, it, if I'm ministering to you, the method, Galatians 6, 6, if we minister spiritual things to you, you can minister material things to us. The method by which a minister's needs, pay attention, is met is through the giving of the people who are blessed by his ministry. That's the method for the minister. Now, the method for the minister is not the method for the saints. Because you are not ministering spiritual things to anyone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I've been preaching all over. I've been preaching all over throughout this year. Preaching more times than I would normally preach. I'm ministering spiritual things. I'm writing books. That's, I'm, I'm teaching people. That's, that's the office that the Lord has called me to. And how people respond to that when they are blessed. Um, I was in, uh, I was in uh, B- Belgium on my way back from, from, from Holland. So I went to 
uh, Brussels. And, and, and someone met me there and says, you know what? You know, your ministry has been a blessing to my life. I read your book, Prosperity and Increase. It changed my life. It changed everything. And gave me 250 euros. Now, the, the thing is, there is a product going out. There's a spiritual resource going out. And that's why I also don't think that what we are also trying to do by making ministers of the gospel work and do ministry because we feel they are dependent on the people is really not so scriptural except the Lord is calling you to do that. But how does God bless the believers? There, you, you should have a system where God can get your harvest to you. You shouldn't be waiting for who is going to give you money. Now, the Lord can supernaturally get that done for you to start you, but there must be a system. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me explain something. When the widow, uh, the Elisha, uh, the widow who, who, whose husband was indebted, and they, they came to carry the children, I've always said to you in that place, Elijah did not say the man was a fake prophet. He says, you know your servant feared the Lord. So, you can be godly and be so indebted that your children are taken, to de- taken for debt. The scripture tells us that. You know, that's one scripture I read that sent fear in my heart. That it's not only the fear of God that prospers a man. The man was a righteous prophet. But he was a good prophet, was borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And you know, it's something I've warned you consistently against in this place. I've warned you against debt. Debt will, will make you a slave. And don't, don't say it's because I don't have. You need to deal with that. You need to come to a place in your life where if I don't have money for something, I don't get engaged. You, your system shuts down. And then, beware of all these loan apps. Hmm? We'll talk about that as we go. Some of you want the short way out. So you borrow from here to pay this one. Borrow from here to pay this one. Borrow from here to... Before you know, you've dug this thing. And it starts from the little things. Debt doesn't have to be one million before it's debt. If the wig you have on your head is not paid for, remove it. It's not yours. You've got to learn these things. Praise the name of the Lord. And shoes for brothers. If the sneakers you have is not paid for... Say, I paid for one leg... Then wear one leg. All right, let's go on. So, in in that story, you know what the the, the prophet did? Now, pay pay attention. I think I've said it to you here many times. What God provides by miracles, you have to sustain by principles. He multiplied the oil. Then what did he tell her to do? He says, go and do what? I didn't hear that. What did the prophet say? Go and sell. Why? Because the prophet knew that the system of increase on the earth is through what? Buying and selling. The prophet did not say, we have multiplied this one. Once it finished, two minutes before it finished, send me a chart. I will multiply again. No. The prophet knew that a miracle will deliver you, but the system will keep you in increase. Some of us have been delivered many times. If not for the grace of God, our miracle quotient is finished. We have exhausted the unit. Because you are always being delivered. You are always being delivered. The last time they gave you 100,000, what system did you create? I shared with, with us sometime, if you can remember, uh, a dear brother at the early stage of the ministry blessed us with some, some good amount of money then. And when he gave us the money, we just thought, myself and Pastor Mary said, what can we do with this money? That's how we started the bookshop. 
rented the shop, started the bookshop. And in the early days, I didn't have an office. What, what was I having an office for? I didn't have members. I had a few members, <laughs> of course. So I was going to the bookshop. I'll go in the morning. I mean, maybe she'll go in the morning. I'll be home. Come in the afternoon. We were exchanging, you know, just going to the bookshop. In fact, some people thought I was working for her. And they'll come and say, I've already told you, uh, your mother. <laughs> so I've already told your madam. But I said, okay, no problem. I mean, that's how we started selling books. That's how our Basilia bookshop started. What that person gave to us. We were not expecting that God has touched this person. God will touch the person again. There are people in your life, the touch of God on their life is done. There's nothing to touch again. You can see, what I'm telling you now is very important. Christians miss this. That financial miracle that came, a system should follow it. That's why we don't receive harvest. Because we're just waiting for this African magic thing of somebody's going to call us one day and just load us. Or some arm robbers are going to steal money, you know. And then police is pursuing them. Then they'll throw the money. And then to just be in front of our house. And then <laughs> it will not happen. Psalm 1 verse 3. You like we're watching a movie. Psalm 1 verse 3. Look at this. It says, Whatsoever, it shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruits in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither. Look at, look at this. And everything he does shall prosper. What he does. Now let me explain something to you about the tithe. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Um, Malachi 3.10 So some of you need to have systems, okay? To have systems. Because we don't have systems for the harvest. Malachi chapter 3 and um, go to verse 10. You know verse 10, right? Bring the whole tide into my house so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Now, it says, it says I'm going to pour out a blessing on you and the blessing is going to overflow. What's going to happen here? Then I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Now, pay attention. This is where we did. We just stopped in verse 10 when we we're teaching about the tithe. Look at this. It says, it will not destroy what? Oh, church, let me hear you. It will not destroy what? I want to hear that loud and clear. One more time. It will not destroy what? The fruits of your ground. That means your ground should have some seed planted. You should have a ground. You see, the blessing of the tithing will reflect in the fruits of your ground. Then he says... Nor will your vine in the field cast these grapes. So the blessing is going to come on what you are doing. Learn to do something. Learn to create a system. What are you doing? If God wants to channel money into your life now, where will he pass it through? Now, I'll explain this. Somebody say, okay, well, but I'm working. See, increase your value in your workplace. Be valuable to your boss. You, that's a system. You're creating value. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You have a system. So we must create pathways for the Lord to bless us. 
If you're a minister of the gospel, 1 Timothy 5, 17, 18 says, labor in word and doctrine. You labor. And people see your labor and they want to bless you. So, create a system. Create a system of receiving. It's what you're doing God will bless. And let me tell you something, if you're trusting God for increasing your life, you're trusting God for harvest to come in your life, don't be ashamed to start. Don't be ashamed to start small. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't be ashamed to start small. Get going. Start something. I just shared with you how we started the ministry. We opened the bookshop. We didn't, at that time, we didn't say, oh, well, we are uh, uh, lead pastors. We want to have someone, someone work for us. No. Some of you are just too small at this level to have all those big titles your way. Get into the ground. Work. Create a system where God can bring harvest your way. Some of our bank accounts inactive. You want to send money to us, it's bouncing back. Create a system. Make it comfortable. Make it okay for people to give you. You're starting a business. Create a system for your business. Show that you're serious about your life. That's how harvest will come. Number three. Number three. So we said expecting financial harvest start creating a system of receiving is why some people don't receive their harvest. Number three, observing the clouds. Observing the clouds. So there are people who don't receive their harvest because they are observing the clouds. Economic indices, geographical limitations and locations. Huh? Right now, they are all over. Dollar has gone up. Dollar has come down. Dollar has... Just observing the clouds. Hmm? They are the economics that did not go to school. Ecclesiastes 11.4. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. Hallelujah. Is somebody learning something here? Say amen if you are. Alright. Ecclesiastes 11.4 He who watches the wind will not sow. So if you... you see, let me, let me tell you this. I believe Pastor would have mentioned it. There is no comfortable time to give. How many of you have told yourself, I will give when everything is okay? And it's been 20 years. Eh? There's no comfortable time to give. Some of you just feel, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. When everything's settled. And it's the 90th anniversary of unsettled things. If you observe, if you watch the wind, you will not sow. Don't watch the wind. Sometimes you've got to sow. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Sometimes you've got to sow. You know, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I do that quite a number of times. I'll just ensure we've got certain things done in the house or sometimes I'll tell Pastor Mary this month got to manage what we have because I'm going to cast some seed. To do it deliberately. Push some seed out. Deliberate about it. Not watching the wind. Praise God. And say, he who looks at the clouds will not reap. So it's two ways. Just as you did not watch the wind to sow, don't look at the clouds. And that's why I, I spoke to you before our elections. Don't look at the clouds. You know, some people have already uh, sentenced themselves to poverty. Huh? Don't say in Bonnie here, you cannot make more. No, don't say that. You know, I believe that one of the reasons why some of us in this island do not really walk in the fullness of the blessings of God for our life is because our mind is on the sides. 
That's it. If it's not sight, money cannot come. That's just it. Just conditioned. It has to be with coverall. I have to jump in this in the morning. And there are loads of people in, on this island that needs services that can prosper you. But you just observe that cloud so you can harvest. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of you know if you run a good barber shop on this island, you will be so blessed because you're not paying so much for for what's it? For light, for power. Yeah, I remember. Interesting experience. Never try it again. You know, sometimes you're looking for cheap things and you end up entering this issue. I remember one time I wanted to travel. My hair was not so good. So I thought I'd go to a barbing salon. So I went into one barbing salon. You know, the way they arranged it, you, you already know from outside that this is not your mate, but <laughs> there's no harm in trying. Way back then. So I went, asked the guy how much. He said one five. And that one five was based on how I was cutting my hair then, 200 now every time. That one five was how many now? Mathematics students. How many? How many times is that? Seven. Seven. Okay. Boy, it's multiple times. So I told myself, no, 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 no. I know that one, they'll cut your hair, torrent, rub you, put foam, you know, put powder. In fact, by the time they are done, when you come out, you don't want to touch. When you enter the bedroom, you want to just bathe from here down because here is like, don't touch it. I said, don't worry. So I went to look for one. I just walked around. You know, the way life is, you would always find something in life that fits your level. Sometimes it comes with a price, like the one I'm about to share. So I just rolled, went into, and I saw this guy. Small place. Wow, I said, I say 100 naira. I said, oh. <laughs> oh, who am I to reject God's favor on my life? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> the guy was good. He wasn't like he spoiled my hair, but I think he dug, you know, when we, you know we read dig trenches. You shall, you shall not see, <laughs> you shall not see wind, you shall not see water, but this, I mean, the guy dug trenches around. By the time he was done and he applied spirit for five minutes, <laughs> I think only the guys can relate. Five minutes, I went blank. <laughs> <laughs> I, in my mind, I don't know whether I've arrived at my destination. I was man, the guy dug trenches. And after, you know, when I arrived there, I was going, you could see the mark, the impact. He left a mark in my life that, you know, that's also a problem. If you're creating systems, create systems that can bring increase. Think global. Think excellence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Think excellence. You have a shop at this time. Try to get a POS. Just, just, just create a system. Alright? Okay. So he who looks at the clouds will not reap. So there are certain things you must not look at. Don't look at the natural environment. You realize that every natural environment you are complaining about, someone is prospering in it. Hallelujah. So you don't look at the clouds. Alright. Now, in 1 Kings 17, verse 1 to 4, we find an interesting story about the man of God. I really want you to take your eyes off. Hallelujah. Take your eyes off the clouds. Don't write yourself off. 1 Kings chapter 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Kings 17. 
We'll talk about skills and excellence as we go on. Why is it that some people don't receive their harvest? Now Elijah the Tishbite was one of the settlers of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go away from here and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherish, which is the east of Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, and have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. There was going to be famine in the land, but there was going to be supernatural supply for Elijah. Because he was in the will of God. If you are in the will of God, you are entitled to the supplies of God. Don't look at the natural circumstance. Don't look at the nation. There are a lot of things that will tell you that you cannot do well on this island. You cannot do well in the location you are in. You cannot do well in the nation you are in. But the truth of the matter is that if you look at the clouds, you will not reap. You must deliberately break the mindset of lack or scarcity. I've seen the Lord bless me in strange places. Praise the name of the Lord. Take your eyes off the cloud. Take your eyes. Don't just say, who will bless me? Who can God use? No, God can use a raven if he needs to use a raven. God can cause supernatural supplies to come your way. But stop looking at the economic industry. Some of you have written yourself off already. And how do you expect God to bless you because if you look at the clouds three things will happen number one if you observe the clouds it will change your confession if you keep observing the clouds it'll change your confession you begin to talk lack you begin to talk lack you begin to talk impossibilities your confession will be negative you know i say it all the time you know sometimes uh, when I, I, I say, well, I want to thank you guys for your generosity. Our church is a generous church. Sometimes that's a statement of faith. I've sat around pastors all the time and say, you know what? These people don't want to give. These people don't want to give. You see, the more you talk about the lack of giving, the more it will manifest. You shall have what you say. Mark 11, 23, 24. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Everywhere I go, every, most times when I go preach, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, when I step down from the plane, I give my angels things to work with. The first thing I say, every nation I step into, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because I've obeyed the Lord to come into this nation, I receive. Because if you're willing and obedient, the good of the land shall come to you. I speak favor. I don't go and say, ha, ah, I've read a lot about these people. Stingy people. I don't do that. You know, there was a particular nation who went to preach. You know, I've heard pastor says these guys don't like to give. These guys don't like to. Ah, oh, that's dingy. Yeah. You know, I don't say that because I don't believe that will happen. So I say in Jesus' name. You know, went into the land cyber, and I, I went there with a particular minister and preached in the same time. What they gave me was way more than what they gave to him. So that's my that's my faith. <laughs> you know, I remember something happened uh, whilst we're in Belgium. So I went in, into this hotel and I, was, I wanted to ask for something. And, uh, you know, I was talking to the person who came to see me and he says, Oh, in this hotel, they don't, ah, they are very strict. You know, Europeans are not. So I said, No, I said, the favor of God works with me. I said, I expect people, people to go out of their way to be of a blessing to me. He said, Well, you can try. I said, No, it's not trial. This is not a confession of faith. That's how my life works. So I went to meet the person. I said, Please, I'd like this. He says, oh, we don't really allow. I said, but you can, is there anything you can do? And then they extended. 
extended what I needed to be extended. Then there were certain things I needed. They said, oh, you pay for them. I said, ah, okay. So I went in, asked the person. He says, uh, you usually pay for them, but take as much as you want without paying. You know, by the time I was coming back, he had the envelope. So I need this grace. I need this grace. I said, well, I will not reject the envelope. Uh, so <laughs> I received the envelope, but uh, it doesn't come by laying on of hands. Because the first thing is you, somebody say, okay, so pastor, why did you collect it? It's part of what I'm talking about, that people want to bless me. That's what I'm saying. That's a physical manifestation that people want to bless me. But it didn't come because someone laid hands on me. It came because I believe the word of God that goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. I expect people to be good to me. I expect people to want to favor me. You see, this thing going on out there in the world right now, haters, the world is wicked, frenemies, a friend who became enemy, throw those trash out of your life. There are good people in this world. There are people who go out of their way to bless you in this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Expect people to be good. That expectation of evil around you has created... Something around your life where nobody wants to be good. Praise the name of the Lord. I expect the goodness of God. I expect the favor of God. I expect people to bless me. I just, not that I'm looking forward to it, but that's the expectation. I don't look at the clouds for my confession. Hallelujah. It will affect your confession. Looking at the clouds will affect your belief system. Hmm? So you can just go in, you know, maybe you can go into Europe now with a black man mindset. You just be, all oh, these people don't like me. It just affects your reaction. It's, let me tell you, what you believe about yourself can affect your it's, it's, I, I don't know, but people really need to know that there's not so much problem in the world except what you're, the image you're creating in your heart. I remember this, this um, yesterday when I was coming f- from, from Ghana. I had just this small juice, something stuff, stuff. You know, in my pocket, in, in my bag. So the lady was saying, you can't go with this. I said, I said well, I, I really kept this because I want to give it to my daughter. And, and she was like, ah, okay. So I, I'm a small pack of stuff. She allowed it. And then this guy just came. You know, these people that feel like they own the whole world. You know, there are some people who just have this civil rights activist mindset to everything in life. Just came. So he carried his small cream. So he was like, they say you can't carry this. He said, ah, this cream, I have flown from here with this cream, I have flown from. The guy just said, this cream. <laughs> he said, this one. You can fly all the airport in the world. This one, you are either going to check it in or it's not going. Then he did all this. this, this. He now went back to check it in. The girl just told me something. He said, see, everything is about attitude. He said, we're still humans. I could have allowed. You see, that's your. Anytime somebody just say no, you just that 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 university spirit of fighting that you have carried into old age. You know, some of you just want to attack everything. Everything you just see, it's like a a bulldog spirit comes. You just roar. You know the law. Before you will go and quote the law, plane has left. I'm not saying, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything from your life just to be polite. Just to be calm. And this is why people don't receive their harvest. Rude to everybody. Talk down on everybody. 
God is not going to come from heaven to bless you. He will walk through men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you, affect, if you look at the clouds, it will, it will affect your confessions. It will affect your belief system. And it will affect your actions. It was like when God told Isaac, he said, so in this land. He wanted to move to Egypt. The natural thing is to move to Egypt. But God says, no, so in the land. See, if you are in this church and you are on this island, while you are here, believe the Lord that the blessing of God can visit you here. Just believe it. You don't need to go to Portacot. I've seen people who have crossed to Portacot, right? After many years, they cross back. <laughs> See, anywhere you are trying to go now, there are people who are trying to live there. As you are going to Portacot, some people are saying, in this Portacot, there is nothing. You, you are thinking Portacot is heaven. Hmm? There are people that want to go to Abuja. See, once I just land Abuja like this, once I just land Abuja like this, they've landed. And that's all about it. I've always believed that wherever God sends me, He would bless me there. Have that faith. If God called me into ministry, He would bless me in ministry. If God calls me to um, work, work, just believe it. it, it you, you see, see, a little switch in your belief can cause massive harvest to come your way. Just a little thing changes your mindset. Just a little thing can change the goodness of God in your life. Just a little switch. Not looking at the clouds. You're always refreshing. How much is dollar now? How much is dollar now? You are not doing export. You are not doing import. What is your problem? Why don't you focus on what you're doing? Oh, Gary has gone up. You know the price of everything that has gone up, including things you don't have. What are you, why are you focusing on that? You know what? It's going to breed unbelief in your heart. I'm not saying you should not be conscious of what's going on in the nation, but if you're feeding on that every day, it'll affect you. I remember uh, many years ago, I had a minister of the gospel share this, this testimony. He said he was talking with his friend uh, in the ministry, and the friend was saying, oh, there was, there's no way anybody in this country, can, they can even give a minister a brand new car. If they are giving the minister way back when they started, they are giving any minister... The man now said, well, but I believe God it can be done. The guy said, no. Then, uh, maybe two, three years later, they bought this car for him, brand new car. So this is friend came and said, ah, ah, God has favored you. He, he, he said, no, it's not that God has favored me. He said, do you remember three years ago? You said it can never happen. So don't expect it. Do you believe the words you speak over your life, you're giving permission to certain things to happen in your life or you're giving permission for certain things not to happen in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. And that's why the Lord has been speaking to me about that and I'm ensuring that I, I believe that God can bring in the gift of men. But that prayer about destiny helper We've pushed it beyond necessary. It's making people come into the place of prayer with a victim mindset. You trust God as your source. God might choose to use a man. God might choose to use a raven. God might choose to use whatever he's doing. You see, if you believe God, he knows how to get things to you. 
So what is our three points tonight? We'll continue on Sunday. Are you blessed? What's our three points tonight? First one. First one. We give giving out of obligation and what? A sense of duty, but not what? Faith. What are you going to do with your giving right now? Wrap your faith around it. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm giving my offerings and my tithes. I thank you, Lord. I'm excited to give to the local church, excited to bless my pastor and just to bless this person. And I thank you in Jesus' name because you make all grace abound. You put your heart into your giving. Number two, expecting what? Come on, are you there? What's number two? Expecting financial harvest without what? Creating a system of receiving. How do we put this into action? Create a system to receive. You have a business. You have something you're starting. Hmm? We're going to also talk about that. Do you have a budget? Are you managing your resources properly? We're going to talk about that on Sunday. Right? You have a system of finances, a system of budgeting. That's why sometimes we always feel that rich people are stingy. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you feel like that? What is 10,000? What is 10? What is it? Aradite hand. He will not give. You know, sometimes we don't like to hear the word, let's budget it. Let me tell you something, and take this from me. Take this from me. Until you become comfortable with budgeting, you have not yet started on your path to wealth. You have to be comfortable with that word. That you must, your finances must come under stewardship. In helping people walk in prosperity, the, my greatest struggle has been with helping people to keep with budget. That's been the greatest struggle. They keep with budget for a while, and before you know, it says Ephraim is let loose. Boom. And the greatest time you need a budget is when the finances are there. You know, the greatest time people think they need a budget is when the money is not there. The business is coming. But when the money comes, bam, pew, budget runs out. Let's get comfortable with it. You have to get comfortable with money being in your account. And that thing that keeps crying, transfer it. Transfer it. You have to shut his mouth down. Hmm? How many of you really realize that when money is in your hand, you now see many things you want to buy? Right? Talk about that. How many of you realize that there are some things you bought last year that you have not used? But you really felt like, mm, this is it. And immediately, you open the paper bag, or the nylon bag, or the wrapper, and you saw it. You were satisfied. Now it's sitting on the shelf. How you will know that you are wealthy is to look at the unused things you have in your house right now. Unused things. Some of you can consistently go to weddings for the next three years without buying a gift. Every month and every wedding gift will be precious. Ten blenders. Ten. You say, I just like, I don't have the purple color. Now you have, you have purple blender, green blender. No problem. When you are blending purple onions, you bring purple blender since you want to match. See, I'll tell you the truth. You must deal with that whole thing of accumulation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must come to that place where you can look at things and say, no, not, I'm not getting it. What I have is good. Because we're talking about kingdom stewardship here. We're not talking about being rich to pepper them gang. That's not what we're teaching you. That's carnality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So I believe in the course of this month, the Lord is going to help us in these areas. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you. And Father, we thank you for how you're opening our eyes to the things that are stopping our harvest and increase in life. And we pray, Father God, that as we implement these teachings, we pray that the increase of the Lord will just come upon our hearts strongly. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.